News Talk Radio, CJAD 800 gives you Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Besner, your certified relationship coach and matchmaker in association, as always, with Intermezzo Matchmaking. And today, we're here to get you up to date on, well, your alternative relationship style. How is it that you want to live your lifestyle and your love style? And guess what? You can design it any way you want. And To help us with that, I'm going to be inviting two people, a couple who wrote a book called Designer Relationships. But as always, first, I want to get to your questions. So the question this week came from a gentleman. His name is John. And I think it might resonate with a lot of you, especially at this time of the year. He asked me this, Cheryl, if you're single and all your friends are married, how do you go to target rich environments alone. And I have to tell you, I know how you feel, John. When I first got divorced, all my friends were inviting me out. So I was often the third wheel, the fifth wheel, sometimes even the ninth wheel on Saturday nights where four couples would go out. And while it was fun, and while I really appreciated my friends wanting to take good care of me, and wanting to make sure I never felt alone, well, Sometimes at the end of the night, even though it was a great night, getting into my car alone to go home, I got lonely. And there's a big difference between being lonely and being alone. So one of the things that I want to suggest to you is this. First of all, tell your friends that you would like to go out. And wherever you're meeting them, Go early, sit down at the bar by yourself, talk to people around you. And it doesn't even have to be single people. It can be new people, new communities. You never know, the person sitting beside you might have a girlfriend for you to meet or a sister for you to meet. Also, you have to come to terms with the fact that you do need a new social life. It doesn't mean drop the friends that you had and the life you had. Au contraire, I didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I fought really hard to keep all my friends and let them know that I didn't want to be left out by myself on a Saturday night, that I appreciated them, including me. But I also had to create my new life, my new social circle, people that I could go out with alone. Another option, John, get yourself a wingman. That means a guy you can go out with and go to places with, whether it's a restaurant or an activity. And that's the other part. Follow your life. Follow the things you love doing because that's where she will be. She will be doing the things you want because those are the things you want to share together. You can also join meetup groups. And especially at this time of year, check it out. If you're part of a church, see if you can go and serve breakfast or lunch or dinner at the church. Join a volunteer program and help people. Nothing gives better than giving of yourself and nothing helps us move forward than really feeling empowered. And sometimes giving, well, it helps us get. And also, you might want to check out a retreat. Those are places where you can go to alone and it's sometimes the first step in being okay being alone and stepping out by yourself. And then once you do it once, it gets easier and easier. 
So there's some tips, Sean. And by the way, if you need, remember, 844-744-SOLO is my 24-7 love line. You can call me, ask me these questions, and I will answer them. And also, you know, I do do coaching and long-term, short-term coaching, but I also offer a 30-minute question and answer period. So if you want to do a 30-minute call-up coach, give me a shout. I can do a lot of quick fixes in a short period of time with you, helping you discover certain things. Now, dating news. Well, as always here, as we get you up to date on CJD 800, the Globe and Mail had an article about curating your love life. Well, the concept is really about branding. And I've talked about this. I've, I've spoken with groups where I've said branding yourself is really important. And a lot of people go, what do you mean? I mean, brand is a product. Guess what? In this day and age, especially so much of our love life is online. It's out there. It's being part of your social media. You got to brand yourself. You have to stand out. You have to be different. And but different doesn't mean different than who you are. Different means different from the rest. So, for instance, this article was talking about the fact that this one woman um, who was, you know, in her 30s and was really getting nervous about finding a mate, she is an architect and was worried, you know, she wasn't doing 100% the right thing on her profiles and everything. And what she realized was she had things like, I like to bike. But here's the alternative. And this is what will make you stand out. Instead of that, put a picture of yourself in your helmet. Don't be afraid to say, I often walk around with helmet head. And that's what she did. It made it showed her sense of humor. It showed her, her own strength of character. And it also showed people what she loves to do. Guess what? A year and a half later, she was coming home from her honeymoon. And guess what? It was with another biker. So... Branding yourself online is really, really important. And here's the other very important part. Don't be afraid to put things out there. Going out there, and this is what this Globe and Mail article was, was really trying to resonate. Be different. Don't be afraid of the internet. Don't be afraid to break it, quote unquote. The fact is, don't be boring. Be exciting because that's what somebody's going to be attracted to. Exciting. And also you can find common ground between your Tinder profile, your Match.com profile, and LinkedIn. Find a way to balance the two. And don't be afraid to push the boundaries a bit because even on LinkedIn, we don't want to look boring. We want to look confident. We want to look educated in what we do. But we want people to reach out to us. And you can do that with all different aspects of really being creative about who you are. So there you go. You've got branding techniques. And if you need more of them, remember 844-744-SOLO. So today's show is all about designer relationships. And I want to introduce you to two people right away and um, just give you a little insight into how you can actually do this. Create your own love life and make it real and interesting and true to yourself. I want to welcome the authors of Designer Relationships, A Guide to Happy Monogamy, Positive Polyamory, and Optimistic Open Relations, Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, thanks for having us. Hey, great to be here. It's great. How is it today in, in New York? It's sunny and crisp. 
Okay, well, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of dive right into the book, but first I just want to give people a little bit of background. Now, the two of you have been together for 17 years, is that correct? Well, actually, 19 uh, married for 17. Oh. And when you guys met, you both came uh, from very traditional relationships, correct? Wait, meaning your, meaning your parents, uh, uh, your family life was growing oh, up was very life, traditional. Yeah. Um, my parents are in their 90s and have been married for 72 years. And my parents have been married well over 50 years. I think over 60, as a matter of fact. Oh, I'm really? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. I have to do some math. <laughs> Might be their 60th this year. Oh, boy. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> okay. And, 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 Mark, you were married before, correct? Yes. Yeah. For, and for how long? Um, in the relationship for around 12 years, married for seven of those. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I, I just wanted to bring people in so that they had a little background, and I want to get more into the book. So coming up, stay tuned as we talk more relationship talk, and as well, you're going to hear my quote of the week as we get you up to date on designer relationships. And later on, meet Intermezzo Matchmaking's Bachelor of the Week and see if he could be your match here on CJAD 800. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Cheryl here, getting you up to date on all your relationships needs in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. This show, it's all about you, relating, dating, and mating. We try and get all your needs met. And guess what? This show is not just for solos anymore. Remember, you can also reach out to me, 844-744-SOLO, if you want any coaching and support. I'm there for you 24-7. So, we are in studio online with the authors of Designer Relationships from New York City, Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. They are also a couple who are devoted for uh, to each other. Did I get that right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're, you're probably wondering, what did she mean by devoted? And, and I wanted to kind of go to that right away before we actually keep going deeper into this book. But when we were talking, you talked about the fact, and I said, so you are in a committed relationship. And you said, no, we prefer devoted. And I wanted to get your spin off of uh, as to why, because it's interesting that I, I actually went and Googled the difference between committed and devoted. And there's so many different definitions of the two. But most people say they want to be in a committed relationship where you think committed means like putting somebody into an asylum. So why did you make the choice to use the word devoted? <laughs> well, I think... Uh, one one reason is um, because committed is you you make a commitment you're done you walk away from it you just you know you put it on paper you sign it in front of people and you're done when you're devoted to something that's a it's a constant evolution it's a daily practice it's a way of focusing and paying attention to your partner 
The other thing was commitment, and, and one of the reasons that we were uncomfortable with the word is a lot of times people make commitments to each other without really having a clear sense of what that commitment actually is. So you say I'm in a committed relationship, and maybe that means one thing to one person and something else to the other, whereas if it's a devoted relationship, it, it really is a mutual thing. You have to be engaged with one another um, and not, you know, because if you're just pretending to be devoted, it's not going to work for very long. Well, um, one of one of the definitions actually is very loving or loyal. Um, that was one of them came up as the full definition of it. And I think that that can be in both. But I think a lot of people go to the committed, meaning I want to know that you're here for longer and that you are thinking of the end goal. Do you not think about the end goal, or do you think it's different in the devoted relationship? You think about just the present? I do. I mean, I think that in a devoted relationship, um, you're kind, it's kind of, you know, in that sort of Buddhist sense, a goalless approach, where you're taking it every step of the way, and you're not thinking about, you know, some objective. And I realize that people who are single and who are really looking to get into a relationship may feel very differently. But certainly when we started out, we had no goals in mind. We just were in a place, I think both of us, for allowing it to evolve as it did. And what this shift does, it requires all partners to be focused on the present moment and really what is at hand. And in doing that, your devotion makes your relationship a continually evolving adventure. So it, it, it's, uh, it makes it a realm of all kinds of surprises rather than uh, a storybook pre-written set in stone, and this is where I expect you to be in 20 years or so. So uh, it's much more freeing and organic. Interesting, because when we had our conversation um, and, and discussed the difference between the two, I happened to be with somebody who had been on my show recently, and she, her, her take on it was, well, can't you be devoted and committed? And I think that what you're saying is you're going more on the emotion and the attachment and the connection between the two rather than the word of and defining the overall relationship. Does that make sense? Yes. And I, I mean, I think that, that the other piece of it is that we have certain ideas, and certainly in, in U.S. culture, and I suspect in Canadian as well, about what commitment means. And usually commitment means that uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be sexually exclusive with you. I'm not going to have, in some cases, even other social relationships because it interferes with our commitment. If you, and so there's a lot of unexamined stuff that goes with the idea of commitment. If you, if you reframe it as devotion, then it becomes a process and a dialogue that you can have rather than a, a, a violation of the commitment that you have. And an expe expectation that oftentimes uh, is unspoken, as Mark pointed out. An expectation, well, we all know that can, that can be the kiss of death to any relationship. Um, one of the things that uh, you write about and talk about is how it's empowering for everyone in a relationship to examine all types and freely choose the one that works for you. And I really believe in that as well. I believe that we all have to design our own relationships, which actually brings me to the quote of the week that I wanted to put out there. It's by John Rohr, the philosopher. He said, 
If you don't design your own life plan, chances are you'll fall into someone else's plan. And guess what? They haven't planned for you. Not much. Isn't that interesting? What else, you know, somebody else doesn't have your life plan, your your end goal planned out for you. It's up to you to make. And I think that's what you talk about and being empowering. Right, Mark? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I think that, um, you know, we grow up with such ideas about what relationships should be, um, you know, largely kind of from fairy tales or Disney versions of fairy tales. And um, I think we're, we're all kind of conditioned to think that that's the goal that we should have. And so we actually kind of fall into this plan that maybe nobody actually really has made. I also find it ironic that all those fairy tales, once the couple discover that they're in love with each other, it's followed by the words, the end. <laughs> so it's like we don't get to see what mature, flourishing love looks like as it you know, grows and as it changes and as they age. Well, it's ignored. We, we actually hope that as we grow and we age, we learn from everything that we've experienced within our relationship, even, even from our past relationships. Notice I don't say failed relationships. I say past relationships, ones that have reached an expiration date, and that we take that forward and we, we learn the communication that obviously the two of you have done very well. You've learned to communicate extremely well and between we continue the two. To learn. <laughs> well, that's just it. And you have to continue to learn. But here's the interesting part, you know, again, going back to this quote, and the empowerment of creating your own love life, you both come from what you saw growing up, which were monogamous, long standing relationships and, and still are correct. Yeah. Yeah. So so how do how did they react? Because uh, what we haven't really discussed is that the two of you are in um, an open relationship, or how would you clarify? Because you have so many different terms of different types of relationships in your book. How would you classify your relationship? We say that we're pair bonded and non exclusive. And maybe Patricia can sort of elaborate on that. So pair bonded, um, actually, you, you, you have a, a section in the book where you talk about uh, that pair bonding. And uh, in a nutshell, Patricia, how would you describe that? Um, I would say that every, everything that we do and every interaction is uh, we, with the goal in, in, on our mind to enhance our primary connection um, or our bond. And that's really what everybody should be most concerned with, that primary bond. And I want to learn more about different styles, especially one I'm going to address coming up called monogamish. <laughs> and in the meantime, I would like you to take time to sign up now to my free database at CherylBesner.com and you can get 15 minutes free coaching if you want. Call for that appointment. Also, intermezzo matchmaking. If you need a matchmaker, 514-312-7150 is the number to call. We're going to meet a Bachelor of the Week coming up soon. More relationship conversation and advice coming up as I get you up to date on designer relationships here on CJAD 800.
Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm Cheryl Besner, your IDCA certified coach in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. And together, we take care of all your relationship needs. And tonight, we are getting you up to date on designer relationships. And talking with us is Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. They are co-authors of the book, Designer Relationships. Now, Mark, I want to ask you, a guide to happy monogamy. Why did you specify happy monogamy? Because I think that a lot of people are unhappy in their monogamous relationships. If you look at you know, divorce rates, um, sexless marriages, all of the data that's out there about how a lot of people end up in monogamous relationships and are not happy. And we feel that a lot of the reason for that is that people just fall into monogamy as a default and don't even start to examine what it actually means for them and how they're going to practice it. And moreover, often um, those people haven't even had an in-depth conversation about what monogamy means to each other. So they operate assuming that whatever their internal definition is, that their partner will automatically be following that. And they haven't really decided what that is for them. Well, the majority of people, first of all, just consider whether it's, as you like to call yourselves, in a devoted relationship or a committed, they just automatically default to the fact that, well, we're supposed to be monogamous. And and what's interesting is a lot of people believe that it's natural, that monogamy is natural. And the fact is, monogamy, as you just said, it's a choice. And it's a choice we make every single day and need to make every single day. Otherwise, you will fall into... Well, either a divorce or you can have the conversation like you two did and many others do and choose another style of relationship. Or choose to be monogamous and decide that, you know, this is really what works for us. But what are our parameters around that? So is we're monogamous. Is it okay? You know, famously, our vice president isn't allowed to have a meal with a woman if his wife isn't present. Right. Um, you know, no, that's their well, monogamous there, agreement. But, okay, but that's... Um, and that, but, other people wouldn't be concerned with that. And, I mean, we, we speak about monogamy in our culture as if we're all agreeing on one set of behaviors. And we ask this often in lectures, you know, can anybody define monogamy? And people will raise hands and say, you know, one man, one woman, rest of their lifetime. And we'll go, okay, can you, um, you know, think of someone else when you masturbate? <laughs> Right. You know, or can you do other various things? And it starts to deconstruct. And we realize that no single person in that audience has the same idea of what this actually means. And interesting that you talked about, you know, can you fantasize about somebody else? We just recently did a show with the author of Sectionary. Actually, it was two weeks ago. If anybody wants, go back and listen to it. It was very interesting because there's actually a term for somebody who fantasizes about somebody else and many other kinds of relationships. And one of the other things about monogamy, as you said in your book, it's monogamous by choice. And that's meaning that the, the two people have had a conversation and discussed every aspect of how they're going to be monogamous. But also, Mark, you brought up a point about your, you know, your, pre- your vice president. Does, is that because of 
You think some people do it for religious purposes or because they're insecure, because of jealousy. What's feeding that? Because there's more to it than not wanting your husband or your mate, your wife, to separate themselves from 50% of the world from engaging in conversation with them. Oh, boy, that's a big (laughs) ball. I would say there's a lot of fear, a fear of the feminine. I think there's also a suppression of females in powerful positions in which he should be negotiating and having meetings with. I think, but I think that in in his case, religion is, is, and whatever, whatever kind of, Psychology might be associated with religion, but they are very, very conservative Christians, and that's, you know, that's the at least the rationale that they provide for it. Right. But do you see that come up a lot in in your work when you're out and and talking with groups? Do you see that come up often, where two people go, you know, I'm not so comfortable if my husband goes out uh, for lunch with another woman unless it's work related. I think it, it is quite common, yeah. I yeah. mean, not to the degree that it is with Mike Pence, but it it's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in any, um, not even just lunch, but having any sort of social interaction with uh, people of the gender that you're attracted to um, can be forbidden in a lot of relationships. And Okay, so let, let me ask you a question. The difference between true monogamy and social monogamy <laughs> Tell us about that. Well, we we break monogamy down into into several different categories. So social monogamy is really kind of what we've just been talking about. If you as a couple are only kind of socializing as a couple and don't see people kind of outside of that, that's the social component of monogamy. Or even go to a movie without your partner or go to dinner with friends. There's some people that just, you know, oh, my husband can't make it. I have to cancel. That, that, um, that happens a lot, actually, and that's one of the things that I try and really encourage people is don't change your plans just because your partner can't go. Live, live it, yeah. right? Um, you were going to say something. The other about- kind of monogamy, which is sort of what people default to, is sexual. But even there... Um, what that means may be kind of fluid. So, I mean, for some people, viewing pornography is is a violation of a monogamy agreement. For others, it's no big deal. Um, being attracted to a person, you know, can be a violation of a monogamy agreement or fantasizing, as Patricia was saying earlier. Yeah, or flirting. Or flirting. And yet, flirting, flirting is a natural component. And, and you know, people... People don't realize sometimes that even, you know, the way a woman can talk to another woman can have a flirtatious note to it. And some people, myself included, that's the way I converse. I converse with everybody with a flirtatious, fun, lovely, loving, and warm attitude towards it. It's 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 just part of who I am. But I can tell you that when I was single and just starting out on my divorce path, none of my girlfriends ever worried, knowing my nature, about their husbands taking me out for dinner if I was alone and they were away. As a matter of fact, a lot of my friends would ask me if I would invite their their husbands for dinner or go out with them just to keep them company while they were away. Because you can do all of this in non-threatening ways 
with people who are in monogamous relationships, and especially you want the respect and you want the friendship, right? Right. And I, I mean, the thing about flirting, I mean, flirting in its best is a way of making another person feel really good about themselves, feel uh, seen and heard, and that, you know, there's a relational aspect to it. Flirting, when it's dysfunctional has an agenda that's right so it's it's a manipulative it has a end goal and it's not you know it's like i'm only talking to you because i have this goal in mind rather than wow i just see you as being incredibly funny and great to be around so there is two sides to flirting you're 100 percent right how you make somebody else feel and how it feels now i still do want to get to the final one coming up about monogamish. So we're going to talk about that coming up. Also, you are going to meet Intermezzo's Bachelor of the Week. And maybe, just maybe, you're the one that's right for them. We're going to find out how you can meet them for free. And I'm going to get you up to date on just that next, as well as a retreat to share with you here on CJAD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Bisner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. We are back, and I'm getting you up to date in in association, my goodness, I guess I'm getting ready for the holiday season here, in association with Intermezzo Matchmaking. This show is all to meet your relationship needs and desires. Don't forget, if you need any professional matchmaking or coaching, you can get to us in several different ways. Check it out on my Facebook page and find out how you can get to either me or Intermezzo Matchmaking. Also remember, for all your beauty needs, Annie Young in Westmount is the place to go. And if you ever see me there, don't be afraid. Come on over. Get your 15 minutes or more while I'm getting my hair done or nails done. I'll be free to talk to you about your relationship world. Now, I want to ask our guest today who wrote the book Designer Relationships a happy guy uh, sorry a guide to happy monogamy positive polyamory and optimistic open relationships it's Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson guys there's one pers- one part of your book that talks about monogamish what is monogamish that's You're both laughing, but <laughs> it's like, I'm kind of monogamous, but I'm maybe not-ish. What does that mean? And we could almost define ourselves as monogamish. It's very similar to, to where we are, which is that our, our relationship as a couple is really primary. The term was actually coined by Dan Savage, uh, and it referred to sort of occasional encounters outside of the primary relationship. He revealed it, or uh, we were speaking about it on um, uh, Stephen Colbert, and it was really a wonderful clip because um, <laughs> Stephen Colbert says, I don't understand, you're married and yet you see other people. Isn't you know, that cheating? Isn't that cheating? And Dan said, I don't know. Is it cheating if I'm on one end and my husband's on the other end of someone? <laughs> <laughs> and there you have... Monogamish. Anyway, monogamish. monogamish. 
Anyway, I want to thank both of you for coming on the show and also for bringing this book because it really does describe all different kinds of relationships and everybody should be able to love your life and live your life and do it the way you want. So thank you very, very much for joining us today. That's um, Mark Michaels and Patricia Johnson. Guys, how do they get in touch with you? We're at www.michaelsandjohnson.com. And by and the way, our books are available on Amazon at local bookstores and also through our website if people want a signed copy. We have five total cop, uh, titles. Books. Yes, so, I know. Um, that's what I was going to say. Website, they can read more about those. Okay, so anybody, if you want a copy of Designer Relationships or any of the other books that they have, please contact them at their website michaelsandjohnson.com. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Now, let's talk about designing your love life. This is Intermezzo's Bachelor of the Week. His name is Dave. Let's see. Are your relationships a match for Dave? He's 49 years old. He's got blue eyes. He's bald. Beautiful bald head. That's so in these days. Works in maintenance for a medical sector, in the medical sector. He's 5'10", very strong built. He has no kids, but he is open to have. He's Anglo with basic French. Passionate about music, literature, fine dining, and really values simplicity trust, loyalty, and compassion. Who's Dave looking for? Well, if you are a woman, 40 to 52 years old, Anglo, slim or proportionate, with or without kids, because Dave will be happy to embrace your children, happy person, well-spoken, kind, funny, down-to-earth, good sense of humor, preferably no heavy accents, Preference for light eyes, but he's not really stuck on that. Financially autonomous, and if you like nature, but live on the island. He really wants somebody who lives on the island of Montreal. If you're his match, please send your profile and a picture to info at intermezzo.ca. And let's see if uh, you might be the right person for Dave. Again, your profile picture goes to info at intermezzo.ca. Let's see if uh, this one is on intermezzo.ca. It is a free match for you if you'd like. Lastly, designing your life. Designing your life is really knowing a lot about yourself also. You have to know who you are before you can actually design your love life. If you're interested in doing something like that, I'm reaching out to you. Myself and a wonderful gentleman named Baskar Goswami, we are hosting a retreat together. It's February 2nd to February 4th. You can find it on Facebook. And if you have any questions, you can reach out to me, 844-744-SOLO. This retreat is going to be very special. It's all designed to get you up to date on life so that you can develop the relationship you want with yourself first and foremost, and then with other people. It's going to be taking place up in the Laurentians, in Valmoram, a beautiful place called Le Couvent. They're welcoming us. As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing my show live from Le Couvent Saturday night. And if you're at the retreat, you're going to be able to join the conversation if you feel like it. It's going to be part of our Saturday night pillow talk session. 
Also, what's going to happen? Well, Baskar is going to work with us on yoga. All your meals are supplied partially by you. So at night, we're all going to get together and we're going to do potlucks. This is a great way for community to come together. And I'm really excited about this. One thing you have to know, no cell phones. We're going to be taking them away from you and giving them back to you only at certain parts of the day because we do want you to be able to stay connected to your loved ones, but we do want you to disconnect. That's a big part of it. We're going to do nature walks together. We're going to do meaningful conversations and really help you rest, recharge, reconnect. And I'm even going to push you to take some risks. It's owing $150. The deposit is there. And uh, that's your basic come on down, be part of the action all weekend long with us. And then if you want to make it go forward, you can make anonymous contributions to help that happen. As always, I want to thank you for joining us. It is going to be a great week leading up to the holidays. Next week, the perfect holiday mixer and how you can shake and stir up your love life. I want to thank Ramona and Tim and Era for making this great show and helping us spread the love. Remember to like me on Facebook, like my page, follow me on Twitter and on Insta for all kinds of great dating tips. Intermezzo, if you need any matchmaking, you know where to go. And in the meantime... Love your life and your love life will happen. And keep it simply social. Because we all know it's all about the kiss. Kiss.